Welcome to Utopia for Dirtbags. Proposing ideas for the New World Manifesto. Continuing the proud tradition of unqualified wankers advising you on how to run the planet. I'm Valerie von Wienerschmidt and I'm here to tell you all about custom mink penis jackets. <laughs> to be fair, foreskin is very soft. Like, I think that would make a supple leather. It would. Well, or would it just be too soft? I don't know. It might have too high a fat content. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Let's talk about the technicalities of making foreskin. <laughs> um, anyway, that's not a good this introduction. This is a very serious yeah, very, show. Very, very serious. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll begin the introduction. Um, Dear gentle listener, welcome to Utopia for Dirtbags. I am David, and I'm with my co-host, Iris. And we're going to talk about a very jolly and heartwarming topic of police brutality. And how we wholeheartedly support it. It, it, it kill the poor, is what I, I, I always say. The only way I can get it up anymore. Doris doesn't do it for me anymore. I need to watch videos on loop of police just really, really crushing riots. I can't crack one out until someone cracks a head. <laughs> I, I just can't coom until I just see a man in a wheelchair being shot at with rubber bullets. Which, as we all need to remember, are not non-lethal. They're classified as less than lethal. Which means they're still quite capable of killing a man. Which adds to the sport, you see. <laughs> anyway. Tis a game of chance. <laughs> yeah, as, as it should be. Um, I think that's how all police interactions with the public should be. Just a game of chance. Will, it, will he kill me? Yeah. Maybe not. It, it, it'll be like... Um... Like full on like, two-face it. It's like, <laughs> will I help you with your crime or will I just blow you away? Which of your limbs would you like to lose today? Yeah. That'd be great. Can't wait. Um, are we keeping that intro or doing another one? <laughs> Fuck it, Dave. Fuck it. Okay. We no, can... we'll just keep it and be like, and that's the last bit of levity we'll cover today. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes downhill from here. Um, yeah. Okay, so should we just get into it then? Or... Like, actually, I feel like I do need to address this because it's like somewhat topical, um, and we do have like a theme of shitting on billionaires. Um, I so, what you're talking about the pillars of the community. Well, okay, this, this is absolutely not related to police violence, but as as a whole, you know, we're fairly anti-billionaire. I would say, um, mm. pro-monopoly. No, um, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it, it looks like uh, like uh, naughty boy Elon Musk uh, might, might, allegedly, well, we don't know yet, but he, he, he might dabble a little bit of nonsery. He does have notoriously young wives. Right, but he was also hanging out with um, that, um... oh God, what's he even called anymore? The guy who died. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, so he was... Um, yeah. He's like um, pedo-fixer Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, so a lot of p- pictures have been sort of circulated showing those two quite chummy. 
Um, the thing is, though, I think as soon as you as soon as you get like uh, there's a ticker on your bank account, right? And as soon as you hit like nine figures, yeah, there you get an email with an orientation pack, yeah, and you go along to some sort of like um, kind of like a freshers week for yeah, billionaires, like your guide to being like unfathomably wealthy and fucking kids. Yeah, and they give you a PowerPoint, and and they're like, right, as you now know, um, since you're a billionaire, there is no joy left in life because you can just buy yourself whatever you want, and there are no stakes. So what's left? We have to fuck children. It's just, it's in the rules. I'm sorry, yeah. you have to do it. It's the, it's the only thrill you can get anymore. Um, so I think at this point, I think we should just all, like assume that all billionaires are paedophiles until they can prove otherwise. I think that's entirely fair. So yeah, thought I'd just have have a little tidbit. But yeah, like oh, he's getting he's getting well defensive over it on on Twitter. Like <laughs> he he protests too much. And he thinks allegedly, allegedly it it did tickle my pickle. It too. did. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, the 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 main topic of this episode is sort of looking at. The police itself. Um, yeah, um, we're going to rate them by hotness level, depending on all, the, like, all police uh, on on uniform, country by country, and also state by state. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I'd like to start in Minneapolis um, with the most recent developments. Um, we're not going to kind of go over all of the atrocious behavior by the u.s police force in response to protests and you know in response to you being a black person because that's also a crime uh because <laughs> we we've seen enough of it and i i feel like there's not much point after you spent the last two months watching just um reel after reel of abject human horror to to just subject yourself to anymore. At, at some point, there you can't learn anything new from it. Yeah, I mean, like I've seen so many videos of just like the most appalling shit, and it's like, yeah, I feel it's like just I've watched a month worth of snuff films, and I I don't know. I've, I I'm kind of getting behind um, movie ratings now. <laughs> Like, it's just, yeah, it really wears you down. Um, but, like, I am I am glad that it's being more sort of publicised. Because, like, I had seen previous footage of, like, police brutality, but it wasn't, like, this, you know, one after another after another. Uh, so I think it really helps show the scale of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, how... Like, even though there might be some... Like, you know, potentially good officers. I'm. I, I think. I think the problem with the system is it doesn't really allow for that. Um. But even if there, there are, I think it shows that like a majority of them are just fucking awful. Well, so I just wanted to address what Minneapolis is um getting up to recently because obviously that's where the George Floyd um murder took place and that's where the protests kind of um emanates from and it's it's kind of been the most uh vocal group of protesters and they've seemed to have accomplished the most so far so in 
um, mid-June, they announced that they will be replacing the police with a community-led model. In June 12th, Minneapolis City Council on Friday unanimously passed a resolution to pursue a community-led public safety system to replace the police department following the death of George Floyd. So they've not really specified exactly what that looks like at this stage. And there has been some criticism that at this point it's still going to be under the jurisdiction of the city council, which if, if, if you've seen those... Um, zoom town hall meetings oh um, yeah <laughs> glorious group of people none of them are wildly incompetent i'm sure uh, <laughs> um an interesting tidbit i found was that um one of the one of the proposed solutions to to the bad apples in the police departments was a tech solution oh that right was, i'm sure that will work of course because that's what you got to do you know it's you, you gotta you gotta fix all, all social issues with um, some form of analytics. Yeah, like put shock colours on them or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's a Chicago-based company. One of its the founding board members is R.T. Ryback, who was the former mayor of Minneapolis. And this company called Benchmark Analytics was proposing a system that was basically... Uh, they would look at police records across um, various departments and track who had more complaints against them or if, if there was any kind of um, signs of misconduct, then they would be flagged early on. How is that not a thing already? Well, yeah. How is that not a thing already? Yeah. Like, that, it sounds fine. It's fine. But, I mean, yeah, that would have maybe been like an interesting development, in, like the eighties. Um, the the problem I have with it is that it's still based on um, internal reporting uh, within the police department. You know, you have to you have to still physically um, record a complaint made against an officer. Mm, and additionally, like a lot of the time, like I've seen lots of footage of it. Like the the people who they they're asking to. You know, because you have to, a lot of the time they'll be like, no, you have to ask us to make a complaint. And usually the officer responsible for taking the complaint will basically be like, yeah, I'm not taking this. Right. So it's, it, we're still in the situation of the police policing themselves. And yeah, we already just... know that that's a bad idea. I mean, look at body cameras. You know, that was supposed to be the solution. You know, this was supposed to be, you know, a, a completely unbiased, objective piece of auditing, like mm. real time auditing. And all it's really done is is been uh, helpful. It's been a benefit to the police themselves because it allows them to prosecute certain people more readily. And and surprisingly, if there's anything that they're doing incorrectly, um, the camera's malfunctioning and it turns off. Who know? Who who knows why? Yeah, I mean, like the whole thing's been like it's interesting. Like how many like awful things they do manage to get on those though like even though like the police have found ways to basically get around it like they they still sort of feel comfortable enough to like beat the shit out of people and stuff like that like on camera because all their colleagues are doing it who's gonna tell you you're wrong yeah also like he's gonna review the footage and stuff like that but um yeah i, I did hear like those I can't remember where, um, but the, I, I, I think like maybe like a state or somewhere like a department where like 
basically planning on I think like if something happened and the body cam was off, I think they they're basically talking about holding the policeman in contempt no matter what. I mean, for a fucking start, that should have been there from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think like because I, I don't think there there's, there's actually anything like I don't think they don't even have any sort of disciplinary process for turning off body cams and stuff because they can basically say, oh, no worky. A lot of them are allowed to turn it off anyway. It's just, it's discretionary. What? Yeah. So, like, it's, you know, oh, well. you do what you want. Champ. <laughs> but, well, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that the former mayor suddenly somehow has a company that's got a solution. And, hey, um, who's going who's, who's gonna to fund it? I don't know. <laughs> but in any case, um, that was the proposal. It was um, dropped just over a week ago. So they're not doing that. Oh, and that was too progressive. I I think it sucks. I think it's a shit idea. <laughs> I think it's a corrupto bot. Like it's not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said it should have been something that's already there anyway. Um, but because like, I don't think you like, you really need like an analytical thing to be like, oh, this guy's had way too many complaints. Maybe we should look into it. No. Well, you do, because they don't speak to each other. Departments don't actually have any sort of cross-communication. Also, I assume they rely on the police departments trying to give them data, and I don't see that being, like, likely. Like, everything with, like, the the death statistics, um, which maybe we'll be talking about later. Um, But, you know, like, we don't have an idea of, like, the, the like the true official number of how many people the police have killed because police departments don't want to release the data. Right. They don't like, and even if they do want to release the data about the stuff, they you know they won't give all of the data, or they you know it will be like patching stuff. Um, you know they've always been quite reluctant to give any sort of data which could be used against them. So I I don't see it really working that well anyway. Yeah, it's just a fucking state-sanctioned mafia, like. Yeah, um, pretty much. It's it's uh, don't worry about it. It's just a fucking import-export company. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so just you know exporting. Prisoners. What exactly are you importing? None, none of your business, pal. <laughs> but uh, anyway, since then, on June twenty-sixth, they um did vote to uh, to advance a proposal to change the city charter mm-hmm. to allow the police department to be dismantled. Um, cool. They well, they've said is the proposed amendment which would replace the police department with a new Department of Community Safety and Violence Prevention um, has yet to be fully defined and will go to the policy committee at the city's charter commission for for a formal review and then um, citizens can vote on it in November. Okay, uh, it's a start. I'm not. That's way more than I was expecting. Right. Like. <laughs> So that's positive. I mean, the issue is that obviously I think a lot of governments and other states are going to have like a keen eye on how well this works. I'm sure many people are going to be trying to actively tank it. But um, oh, of course, that things like you know reasonable at the moment. Like I'm not, I'm not expecting you know to to work out fine or to really go for anything super progressive but we'll see i mean yeah like my biggest fear with this whole thing is that it kind of just ebbs out of the public memory 
mm. and is just another blip on the strange sequence of events of 2020 and nothing really came out of it. So it's, it, it is encouraging to see at least motions of progress, at least, at least the performance of something being done in Minneapolis. Um, I hope that it is genuine. Um, because it, it, you can see the, um, consent being manufactured in real time on the news. It's, you know, all the recuperation efforts, like, uh, you know, removing Confederate flags from states or cancelling various TV shows, mm. renaming the Dixie Chicks, like... <laughs> what are they being renamed? Just the Chicks. It's crap. It's a crap name. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not into it, but no oh well. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you're definitely seeing a lot of sort of organisations basically doing just stuff to, like, try and appease, but, like, while also doing, like, literally nothing. Yeah, um, but that's what I'm most attention. afraid of. Is it? That's that's what's going to come out of this, and it's going to be like, okay, um, you don't, you no longer have to specify your ethnicity when you're applying for a job, which I mean isn't unhelpful, but at the end of the day, it's a drop in the fucking ocean. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously the war, and basically, I try and do like everything they possibly can, which isn't actually constructive. But I mean. You know, I think uh, look, seems to, the movement seems to be working quite well. Like, I think eventually they're going to run out of, like, pointless sort of symbolism to throw away. Hopefully, sometime soon we'll actually get to something useful, like a useful change. Um, also, like, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people just not regularly saying, that, like, you know, this is fine, but, like, we still want other stuff. Um, right. So I hope right. that sort of messaging can keep going. But, um... I'm hesitantly optimistic. This is like mm. the most progress we've seen, like, for fucking ever. Like, you know, all, all the sort of voting and stuff like that didn't really do anything near this, you know? No. Um, so I, I'm hesitantly optimistic. But we'll have to see. Well, it'd be interesting to um, talk about what you've been researching, which is the fact that we take for granted that policing has is just a part of culture and a part of society and it is just the way it is because that's how it's always been the police as an institution although we think of it as being this sort of constant throughout history it really isn't it's actually a really really modern invention but it also sort of like the way it was formed is quite interesting like the context behind it and like a lot of things it's, it, a lot of people disagree about when the first sort of police force was started conventional view the first police force was created in 1829 by Sir Robert Peel. Okay, and this was the London Metropolitan Police Force. So that was the first real modern police force in a lot of people's ideas. But where did this idea for the Met Police come from? That's the interesting thing. Can I guess? Sure. Is it for union busting in factories? Yes, but it also has um, a interesting sort of colonial development as well. And this is the same with basically like the American police force as well. Yeah, so for the London Metropolitan Police, it was originally basically developed from basically the colonial, like basically subjugation of Ireland. Okay, so this is basically like people will argue about it, but I, I view it as basically um, England's first real colony. Yeah, but in fairness, Irish people aren't real people. <laughs> yeah, those potato goblins. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so. So Robert Peel's job, 
basically before he started the Metropolitan Police Force. Okay, so he was the Chief Secretary of Ireland. Okay, so his job was basically to keep Ireland under British control. So Ireland at the time had major issues. Uh, there was constantly basically protests and riots because the living conditions and stuff like that were awful. Most of the people living there had very small amounts to live off, but basically forced into renting from these sort of overseas landlords which didn't really give a shit about them. Very small parts of land. This is sort of basically the reason why the sort of potato famine came about. The way they were dealing with the riots and protests previously in Ireland, which was mostly over like food shortages, you know, exploitation, that sort of thing, was basically by sending either like the militia or soldiers. And a big problem they were having with this was that it was basically the soldiers would usually just fire into crowds. This would create martyrs out of those Irishmen that died. And it would basically just make the, the protest more angry, you know? We've seen similar stuff in, in the US. You know, the, the police are getting more violent, and therefore the protesters are just getting more fucking angry. So this wasn't really working for the British. I don't see why. I think a very reasonable response to somebody um, threatening you with an automatic rifle is that you offer them a cup of tea. Yeah, definitely. What's happening is that they're spending a large amount of money basically trying to deal with this problem. So Robert Peel basically created the Peace Preservation Force. So this was a non-military police force, essentially. And um, what made it more effective was basically it would be sort of integrated into the local area with the community. It would give the British Empire sort of like a sense of legitimacy because obviously they wouldn't just be blowing people away. Uh, But it was also a lot easier to crush these sort of protests and riots earlier because they could get embedded with the community they could find out who the ringleaders were and basically arrest them. It was basically fucking psyops. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, this this wasn't really about justice. It was basically about a more cost-effective way to deal with protest. It's a PR campaign. Yeah. You know, it, it stops the British Empire looking like these... Our army isn't murdering civilians. Your local peacekeeping officers are helping to keep you safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just trying to sort of shift the angle. But yeah, so it was quite effective. Rupil got this idea, okay, and then moved it over to the UK. The, the thing which sort of encouraged them to develop it in the U- in basically England was again basically the need for strike breaking. So this was during basically the Industrial Revolution. The highly skilled workers were basically being forced out by these factories. Uh, Luddites were trying to destroy machines and stuff like that. It's actually a bit of a shame that Luddite basically became like a sort of insulting term because what they're actually fighting for is actually quite reasonable. People who were being forced out of their livelihoods into shit conditions because of capital and sort of machinery being developed. One of our reoccurring evil villains uh, after Thatcher is the Industrial Revolution in Britain. Yeah, um, like a big issue was uh, they had, I believe, a... Like a riot in, I think it was in Liverpool or something. And prior to having police force, they just dealt with it with a cavalry charge. Oh, nice. With swords, like I feel like cavalry, <laughs> not like like horseback <laughs> riot police, but like they charged people down with fucking. Wait, so you're cavalry. saying that only look, less than two hundred years ago, the peacekeeping was literally, if you do something wrong, would just fucking kill you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think it killed like twelve people, maybe more. Um, but it injured, like, I think, like, nearly, like, 100 or something. 
as they're having more and more protests, more rights, they needed like a you know they basically wanted to copy this Irish example, okay? Because they've been quite affected. It, it's it's not you charging down a crowd of people; it's you finding a charge to arrest like the the ringleader, you know, whisking him off quietly, you know, going into his house, taking him away. Um, that is significantly more effective than trying to put down a riot with like soldiers. That's basically what it was used for. It was never about justice, really. It had this veneer of professionalism and this sort of like idea of like the police being impartial, but you know, it was this impartiality of they have to follow the law, but that law also protects private property more than anyone else. So yeah, it was mostly about strike breaking. Other counties in England were actually asking for basically London policemen to go there to break these rights and strikes. So, but people started to get wary of the London Metropolitan Police. They didn't like the idea of a sort of like foreign organisation coming in and breaking these strikes. Um, so it was less effective. So they then got this model and then they created their own police forces around England. To again, give a bit more sort of local legitimacy. It's easier for you to... Um, you know, like a, a big part of policing even now is basically having contacts in the local area with local people. You have that sort of friendly face. They're more likely to give you information. And, you know, that's why it was sort of exported around the UK. This was then basically exported to the US. Again, for the same reason. Breaking strikes. Basically just trying to shit on exploited workers. You're just basically legitimising fucking the Pinkertons and gangs like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so the police forces would actually work with the Pinkertons. Um, so a big thing which happened was uh, actually in Pennsylvania, um, where they actually made police forces overtly for suppressing worker movements. Um, <laughs> they, they created the Coal and Iron Police. Okay. What? Yeah. That's just what they were fucking called. They were basically just used as strike breakers and pro provocatives to incite violence and stuff like that. But again, the US, we see this, um, the US trying to test out this stuff in a colony. Okay, so the Pennsylvania stuff was actually basically modelled on the Philippine constabulary. People there weren't particularly keen on being oppressed by uh, the sort of colonial overlords. Um, so they basically developed really harsh tactics in the Philippines, and then they basically moved Lowe's into America, okay, into Pennsylvania. But Pennsylvania at the time was, like, they had, like, some of the more, most sort of effective sort of worker movements. Um, you know, like, they were actually, like, quite violent. They'd basically just shoot a lot of policemen and stuff like that. So it wasn't really working for them. Would it be fair to guess that a lot of those were also Irish people? So the only reason that um, policing exists is because of Irish people? Uh, yes, we should blame the Irish. No, um... <laughs> yeah, so Those pesky Irish folk always want to fucking be paid more. Yeah, so it's interesting that these imperialist countries testing out these brutal policing, me policing methods in their colonies, altering them to give them, like, a bit of a, a veneer of respectability, and then taking these ideas back to their home countries. Using it as a testing ground. They, they also sort of tested out, like, uh, stuff like using the telephones to, like, quickly respond to riots and strikes and basically surround them in the Philippines and stuff like that. So, again, that was modelled and they basically used back in the USA. Yeah, the, the Pennsylvania was, like, probably one of the worst places for it because, uh, as you said, like, they, they worked with the Pinkertons. They just basically killed people. Like, that, that was just okay. 
for someone to be like, oh, I don't actually want to use my label for this, and someone's just fucking gun you down. Because um, the US is great. I'm, I'm sorry, you don't want to send your children down a very dark hole to die. Well, massacre, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you should You should accept responsibility for your actions. Yeah, uh, so this is all sort of more recent, but if you're if you're not looking at sort of conventional understanding of where the police came from, you know, which is the London Met Police, it's actually more developed in the southern cities in the US. In the US, they actually basically had something similar to professional police force much earlier than even the Irish Peace Preservation Force. Um, they had slave patrols. They had uh, professionalised slave patrols um, in Charleston as early as 1783. Um, mm. So these were basically developed to prevent like slave revolts and things like that. You know, they had the power to like ride around and ensure slaves weren't harbouring weapons or fugitives, conducting meetings or learning to read and write. You know, like you, like a lot of these things, you can you can move on to sort of worker suppression. You know, they're not allowed to have meetings. Um, they're not allowed to be educated. That sort of thing. Yeah, you know, as I said, these were like a paid professional police force. They just weren't a police force in name, really. Um, you know, they were on duty basically 24 hours a day. But, you know, even after this ended, um, the slave patrols basically just became police. Um, but they were still basically doing the same job. Um, so even though slavery had ended, there was still a big demand for sort of agricultural works and stuff. And the they basically passed a load of vagrancy laws, um... You know, so basically, if you're loitering, didn't have work or something, they'd arrest you. And, like, even though you're a free black person, you'd basically be a prisoner. And then you'd be used to basically prison farms and convict leasing. So basically, they'd be selling your labour, similar to what you used to be able to do with slaves. Um, <laughs> slavery didn't really die out, it just changed. Right. The sort of common theme with all of this is that it was never really anything to do with like justice. It was almost always about basically fucking with people who were being exploited and stopping them from striking and uh, rioting and protesting. I'm I'm kind of I did not know any of that stuff. Like, it kind of shocks me now that we are surprised mm. that police forces are fundamentally racist institutions yeah but they always have if been. they if they emanated from the desire to 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 make to to keep slaves in line yeah i mean it's <laughs> you know even like with the slave patrol paid thing, or paid wage slaves or otherwise exactly you know. it's basically the same shit you know there isn't that much difference between a slave revolt and a you know a worker protest or riot Right, really right. isn't that much difference. The only difference is basically that the police weren't allowed to kill the slaves because they were someone's property. Um, well, it's not that different now because most of the most of the crimes that are prosecuted are are property based. You know, they're economic crimes. Like if you look at the stats for the UK hmm. for the the top ten, you know, criminal incidents, the the top two are fraud and theft. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the vast majority of enforcement is about protecting protecting your ownership rights. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's also worth pointing out because, uh, uh, you know, Rob Peel also was somewhat involved with the potato famine as well. Um, but, you know, 
basically these things which his peace preservation force were putting down, you know, these revolts and riots, they were mostly about the poor conditions. And those poor conditions were essentially the things which led to the potato famine. So, All right. the big thing about potato famine is that it wasn't really a famine. There was, there was enough food in Ireland, it just wasn't given to Irish people. There's, there's a lot of different factors about it. How basically the lower class in Ireland lived was basically they were, la- were renting very small plots of land from basically usually English or Scottish landlords, which are outsourcing the managing of that property to someone else. So basically everyone was sort of taking a cut of the property until eventually it got down to the, the peasant. Um, like a tenement system. Yes. But the, um, so the, pe- the rents were incredibly high and you were given a very small amount of land the only crop you were able to produce which would feed you enough, okay, that you wouldn't die on that small part of the land was potatoes. Oh, I see. That's the, that's the only so reason. So then the monocrop leads to disease and that's where it all fucks up. Yeah, so you have, you, you forced all these people to produce just this one crop. That's all they live off. Okay, that's the only way of paying their rent as well. They also had, like, I think it was about 16 crop failures even before the famine, okay? So this, this wasn't like an uncommon thing. Like they, they knew this was happening. They forced them into a situation. If they would have like actually like tried to not be awful shit for this sort of pig's preservation force, you know, actually would have maybe sort of addressed some of the problems these people had. We probably wouldn't have had a potato famine. And let's not forget that the Irish population is still not above what it used to be before the pa- potato famine. Really, it's still below that. So many people died or emigrated. That it's still not there. That's fucking, fucking mind-boggling. That many people basically died from that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting that stuff usually sort of is, is taught as like a tragedy. But the reality of it was, you know, they there were other crops farmed in Ireland. It just wasn't by peasants. So you had the landed, landed gentry, which were farming things like wheat and stuff. But they were being, like, either choosing to or being forced to export that wheat to England. Oh, there was more than enough food in Ireland. Like, it was a famine of choice, not basically, you know, accident. Now, the government in, in England basically chose not to to give up, basically make that food available to Irish people. And they set up all sorts of work camps where you'd be given a small amount of food, but you expected to do incredibly hard labour. You know, if you didn't do the labour, you didn't get the food. So you're asking all these emaciated people to, like, fucking work in a quarry or something. How are they going to do that if they're running on empty? And then you're right. not going to fucking feed them as well. So it, the whole thing's fucked. Um, Bootstraps, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Just take responsibility. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, fuck, I went a bit of divergence, but I thought it would be useful to explain sort of the context behind that and sort of what it led to, inevitably. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it's that. that's that fundamental... Um, misunderstanding we have now is that we think of police as a crime prevention service mm. rather than a law enforcement a law enforcement service, despite its name. Um, so you know when when folks are asking for more funding or or decrying the fact that there are budget cuts to police uh, forces, it's based on the idea that oh, well, um, then crime will increase. But they, they were never there no. to stop it, <laughs> to, to stop crime. They were never designed for it. From the beginning. It. Yeah, it was just like a, a useful veneer. 
even if its stated aims are to keep communities safer, it's still a reactive, uh, reactive force. That they're, they're they're not going to stop somebody from knifing you. They're just going to investigate after the fact. Yeah, and the thing is, like most crimes that's happened are are not there, there aren't any arrests made. Or well, they're not investigated properly. I'm sure, like, I've heard quite a few stories from, from people I know who've been like, yeah, my place got robbed and they basically came over, wrote down some notes and just fucked off and never heard from her again. Right. You know, like, they, they, this, it's not what they're designed to do. They never have been. They're not really here for you. I will say this, like, um, I don't know if this is going to create even more of a tangent, mm. but um, we we do expect a lot from from police uh, what i'm saying is we're expecting them to be the arm at the the sort of um the public facing arm of, of a justice system right mm. but at the same time we're also asking them to be security guards mental health professionals social workers community workers an army that you, you know you're you're putting an awful lot of roles onto somebody that has maybe three or four years of training which is you know certainly much more than you oh get it's in the not US. three or four years oh you mean in the uk in the uk yeah yeah and the, i think for the us it's like between like two weeks to like a few months yeah so it's yeah. i think it averages out as like three months which is mad <laughs> yeah that's terrifying um the the idea that you don't have to have a law degree to administer the law is kind of wacky to me. No, yeah, like that, that makes absolute sense. Like, because you know, at, at the end of the day, although they're they're meant to be, you know, sort of dispensers of like the law and justice and stuff. Like, if they don't know it fully, you, you expect them to know a lot, realistically, right? Like, of course, they're yeah. not going to be effective at their, like, well, not even effective, not even consistent. You know, well, they don't know what the fuck they are enforcing. It's just you're just going by what your partner does or what your trainer does, and you trust that they know what they're talking about. So this is what I mean by, in one sense, um, I absolutely do support the idea of defunding police as it is, but at the same time, I also think it should be there should be some increased funding for the sort of um, part of policing that is about law enforcement. Because otherwise, how are you going to attract somebody who has spent years uh, studying the legal system? Because that is, and that, in my opinion, is the only person that is qualified to enforce those laws. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. Like, I, I, I think the like a big issue is that we're, you know, we're expecting people who aren't really educated enough to do something like that to tackle something like that um it's like a lot of i shit on the police quite a lot but they do have to deal with a lot of stuff which as as you said they're not really designed to handle like as an organization and they're not trained for it so obviously this leads to like really shit outcomes and from a from like a psychological perspective you know you're we're, we're surprised by the brutality with which they approach um, civilians. Yeah. Philip Zimbardo did a lot of work about this, you know, like the Stanford prison experiment. Mm-hmm. He wrote a whole book about um, the atrocities in Abu Ghraib, breaking down why people who are totally reasonable 
pleasant people can enact such brutality on somebody else and it's it boils down to certain set of um, circumstances which are you are putting someone into an incredibly high stress situation often with very little support and at the same time you are also telling that person that you are an authority and that there is people that aren't part of your institution are the enemy Mm. That is a very toxic combination. And you can see that somebody in, in, in a police force, especially in the, in the UK, where they don't actually have that much funding. No, I mean, like a lot of it's been cut. Like... Yeah, well, ever since the Tories have been in, they've, they've massively cut funding for police. You're, um, you know, you're in a situation where you're working often, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day, you know, several days on the trot. There are several situations where you, it's not a nine to five. You don't know what you're going to be doing that day. So it might be the case that maybe your shift ended at 6 p.m. But because you were called out to do something that took you four hours, you're not going to finish until much later. So you're putting people in incredibly high stress situations, often having to deal with people that might be violent or mm. or have some sort of unstable situation mentally or emotionally and you're telling them right you should just you should do everything perfectly you should know the ins and outs of the law you should know how to de-escalate a situation how to restrain somebody how to stop them from doing something in the future like that's not <laughs> you're you're putting such an insane burden mm. on people who are given 3 years of training like it's not reasonable in the slightest yeah it's it's interesting cuz it's not even cost effective so not in the, no <laughs> there was a study i think in like florida they were looking basically mentally ill chronic offenders so i think they looked at 92 of them just 92 um, mm-hmm. And basically, the study determined that it cost taxpayers $275,000 per year per person. Okay? Jesus. This is due to the cost of, like, loads of arrests, you know? Obviously, if you're having, like, multiple cops at the same time having to deal with someone, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, the stays in crisis units, state hospitals, and sort of, like, emergency rooms and stuff. You know, that that is a massive cost to that. Yeah, this is this is just based on ninety-two prisoners. Okay. Yeah. Um, and those ninety-two apparently cost uh, taxpayers. I think it was like thirteen million dollars. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So imagine if you just treated them. So because I, I I think they also looked at like the the cost of like mental health services in the area and like the cost of mental health services was eighty million. So those less than a hundred people. Were costing like like twenty percent? No, numbers are awful. But you know, thirteen million. <laughs> Almost as much as the entire budget for the whole mental health service. Yeah, so the budget for mental health service was eighty eighty million, and these te- hundred yeah. people cost thirteen million. So that's mad. That's already a huge chunk. So if you were just fucking spent more money on the mental health service. <laughs> you could have just fucking handed them like a hundred and fifty k each. And been like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the issue is like the go to a doctor. <laughs> these these people with mental health issues, like when they're in prison, they they rarely get like appropriate treatment. This is part of the reason why they keep on fucking cycling back in. You know, this is part of the reason why they are chronic offenders because they're not getting the help they need. And it's not even cost effective to just have all this like hard on crime shit. 
Yeah, um, I did find there was an article this morning about a there's a town in Oregon mm-hmm. that um, kind of did something along these lines, addressed that, and they uh, replaced some cops with medics and hen- uh, mental health workers. Yeah, it it's really not a lot. It's like three vans and um, enough people to staff them for like forty hours a week. Yeah. Basically, if you called 911, if it was a non-violent crime um, or it was something within the purview of this this medic group, then they would be sent to them and they would come out and first aid or take them to rehab centers or, you know, the, the stuff that you've mentioned, like crisis centers and things yeah. like that. And it saved them like something like eight, $8.2 million dollars. Yeah. Uh, despite the the whole system costing like two million to run, and this is just based on a small clinic with a bunch of volunteers that started it off in the sixties, and they sort of slowly, slowly, slowly um, integrated it with the police force, and they're now trying to you know expand it a little bit so you get more um, more coverage across the city. The, the problem is, like, the thing is that it's it's very successful in the sense that they're stopping a lot of people who might otherwise have been jailed or even murdered, as mm. we've seen is entirely possible, by the police. Yeah. They're not actually solving the problem because they're picking these people up over and over again. They have regulars. Right. Um, and it comes down to the same sort of thing that we talk about pretty much every episode is that if you don't solve the underlying issue, which is 90% of the time a class issue of, you know, if you have a shitty environment, don't have opportunities for progress, uh, for progress, you're you're going to end up in a <laughs> you're going to end up in a terrible situation whether financially, emotionally or otherwise. Mm. Yeah, but it's a big point like the the whole police reform thing like it, there, there needs to be a more holistic approach to the whole system. As I said, if if you are in a bad environment, if you don't have secure housing, yeah, that will strain your mental health. Um, like all these little things, like you know, being able to afford healthcare and stuff, they all add up to this problem. While defunding the police and you know having like a community-based approach would be an improvement, you need to also address the underlying issues. You know, mm. otherwise you're not really you won't deal with it as effectively as you could. Also, I think it's just proof that essentially, like, this whole sort of neoliberal political idea about funding and, like, what's effective and whatnot, like, it, it, it's, you know, it's been proven time and time again, but it's all just ideological, you know? Like, these things which we've discussed, they are cost-effective, but, you know, these fucking chuds are both like, yeah, but he no-go prison. I maintain that the vast majority of societal ills uh, stem from that kind of um, Protestant work ethic. Yeah, fuck the props. Oh yeah, like the the idea that suffering brings you closer to divinity, mm. and that you should take personal responsibility for your situation. And you know that if you are born into a, a, a into poverty, it's it's on you to fix that for yourself. Why weren't you smarter? Why didn't you work harder? Why didn't you get six jobs instead of five? Why didn't you, you know, move to another city that exists somewhere or other and you can, I don't know, teleport there somehow? I mean, it, 
you know, none of it is that none of it is ever to do with your environment. It's always you you should be held accountable for your actions and that means punitive imprisonment. Yeah, I mean it's not a very effective system for anything, really, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right, to be honest, because there seems to be sort of a idea which seems to be very embedded into sort of American right wing culture. So yeah, I think big up the Pope, fuck the props. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes, the Pope would have solved all of this. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and, no, uh, yeah, and no. I think you know we can't just talk about police as as just a particular department or even mm. a, a police officer as being a problem. You have to place them in the context of the wider justice system. Like, you know, you can't just say, right, we'll defund the, like I said, the public facing aspect of the justice system. Mm. Um, because those laws that they're enforcing are also the problem. And, you know, 90% of the time, it comes back to that slavery thing. You're feeding into this into the prison system. Yeah. And what's the prison system about, especially in the US, for low-paid labor? Yeah, pretty much. There, there are reasons that prisons have quotas for how many prisoners they should, they should um, uh, continue to incarcerate. It's because if you drop below a certain amount, your workforce isn't going to be efficient enough for making, I don't know, whatever the fuck they do, like... Victoria's Secret underwear or something. Yeah, but as, as we discussed, it's, it's not even a modern thing. You know, it's this literally came just after slavery ended. <laughs> like the idea of like basically, you know, having these people as basically, you know, legal slaves. Yeah, and that's why when you know you have an inquiry every ten years that tells you that um, that police officers are are institutionally racist that sending them to sensitivity training isn't super effective. <laughs> yeah, like, like the police are part of the problem, essentially, but like there are wider issues that need to be addressed. Like That's one thing which worries me about the Minneapolis thing. So even if they do create like a better police alternative, essentially, I'm worried that like the other things which would which you need to support that won't be in place. Right. Um, I just, I don't really see that happening in the US because like I think you realistically you need like widespread like mental health service reform but additionally like housing things like that if, like, I'm absolutely certain if you put basically things in place which would raise like the minimum standard of living to be like quite comfortable I think the amount of crime would be reduced massively but like it just doesn't seem to be palatable to like conservatives or some idea Oh uh, well. Well, for the same reason that I mentioned that it's you know, mm. if you if you break the law, you do something wrong, then you should you should be an adult and own up for it and and take the consequences. And self-flagellate kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are there are prisons in the world that are you know relatively effective. Uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say that we're in the same camp. I don't know. Well, I don't know if this is true for you that you know we should abolish policing entirely. There should be zero law enforcement. I don't think that's necessarily true because there are situations in which you do need somebody who has training in in you know in security matters, right? I think there's room for what 
the police are sort of tailored for, but I think it should be yeah. much less. Like, we're expecting these people who, like, essentially are trained as, like, soldiers to deal with every problem, and it doesn't work. Um, you know, obviously there are situations which will require, like, an armed response. I think that's, you know, mostly acceptable, but, like, I, I don't think we need as many policemen. I think there needs to be massive change, but I think, yes, we should be focusing mostly on, you know, sort of uh, civilian sort of mental health care workers, uh, you know, basically first responders who are not going to escalate the situation. Yeah, I, I can still see a place for something like the police, um, but not how they currently are. I, I guess I would sort of envision it more as sort of how the sort of armed police units in the UK are or something, or like... Yes, the... where it's a special unit that's only called in on very um, specific situations. Yeah, like, you know, I, I don't have an issue with them being like a just-in-case, like, you know... All right, just in case we have American listeners, an, an average uh, Bobby on the Beat does not have a firearm but there are firearm officers but it's kind of like they're really special <laughs> yeah they're, they're, every department they're has one like shiny cards yes they're like shiny cards yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you might you not only get use one them the when you really desperately need to so if you are dealing with like a terrorist situation or somebody is is you know threatening to shoot somebody then they may be called in but yeah other than that we don't have armed police generally. I mean, they, they sort of, I think, like work things like how like the fire service works. Like, you don't have firemen patrolling around the street on their own, or like in pairs of yeah. something. Like, they respond to something which is happening usually. You know, I don't see a system like that being necessarily an issue. I'm also obliged by the trivia mafia to to let everyone know that the reason people are called, by policemen are called Bobbies, is because of Robert Peel. Oh, really? Robert, Bob, Bobbies. Mm, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm also, I also have to tell you that, did you know Vikings didn't actually have horns on their helmets? <laughs> is that related? <laughs> no, I just hate that fact. That's such a fucking non-fact anymore. Everybody knows, stop putting in your fucking videos. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it, guys. <laughs> Like, we all know now. No one's surprised by that information. Ever anymore. But people still... It's, it's like, oh, if I'm talking about Vikings, I need to talk about this shit. No, stop it. You're better than that. Well, maybe. Anyway, sorry, that was just completely unfair around. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. In, in Ireland, they're called peelers, which is... Oh, that's gross. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's more potato-related, as they. But, um... <laughs> yeah, but, um... Yeah, I think there's there's lots of options, you know. But it needs to be a holistic it, approach, which unfortunately is how most sort of policy needs to be done. But it's just not. So we're trying to address exactly. individual problems. It's very problems. difficult to put into a slogan. Um, instead of saying defund the police, it's hard to say defund the police and increase funding for a community project, free housing for uh, underprivileged people, and mm. better access to education and a better. <laughs> Better integration of racial minorities into wider populations and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't exactly <laughs> flow off a tongue. It's it's too complex, so it's it's not sexy enough to mm. um to kind of run a political campaign on, which is what this all boils down to at the end of the day, is is um 
who is going to who's going to have the power to enact these improvements it's it's politicians and if if your ideology is based around that protestant personal responsibility mm. then it's it's just not going to happen that's what we can all take away from this is that the police are never here to protect you they're wankers no but um <laughs> also something i found interesting is that pretty much all the information you find on like the history of police is all very very propaganda like i'm, they'll, I'm shocked they'll just like be like oh yeah they they, they put down strikes as you do that's the thing. I very much doubt that when you're um, studying to be a police officer, they tell you the history in those terms. They'll tell you this has been uh, a force that's existed for 200 years and you're entering into a fine tradition of peacekeeping and, yeah. and you know, you're serving the community. Nobody's going to tell you that, okay... I know that's not our stated aims now, but originally we were literally here to make sure that slaves didn't run away. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's not a very good recruitment tool. Although, actually, you know what? It probably would be now. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'd be like, oh, that's a great tradition. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it probably... I didn't... I, is it... I don't... I couldn't find this specifically, but, like... I found it weird that when a new crop of um, officers graduate, they they meet like the mayor, or they're like they're presented to the mayor. That's weird. That's I don't think we do that, right? I don't think so. Like they have to pledge themselves to the city and stuff. Wow. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look into that too much, but I was like. Well, that's weird. What is this fucking ceremony they do? You're you're overtly telling everyone that the police and and your government representative are arm in arm. Mm. And yeah. shockingly, a lot of the time, the um, police unions will fund and and promote candidates who are going to be giving them favourable budgets. The, the funny thing is, that's how it's always been, though, <laughs> because um, even when you look at the earliest police forces, quite a lot of them, it was like people got the jobs because they knew someone. Like, yeah. it was, like, basically nepotism. <laughs> like, it was just... Like, it's, it's never really... That's the thing. Like, the police, like, as an organisation, is basically working out as always intended to. Yeah. Like... The system isn't broken. It's how it. It's how it was designed. <laughs> like it, it is so, like eye-opening and terrifying. Finding out how awful this all was. Yeah, it's just it the only difference is now in in the US or or even here. It's not the cops going around saying, "Right, get the fuck back down that mine shaft." Mm. It's um, everybody go home and get ready for your shift at Wendy's. Where we're gonna cry about you, you poisoning our milkshakes, <laughs> and just fucking lying. Oh, I love that fucking video of like the cop was like, he's like, yeah. oh, she's so scared to get my McDonald's. <laughs> oh, the McMuffin Mary or whatever the fucking name Man, is. That was amazing because like, like her order was just late. That's it. Yeah. They were like, oh, I'll bring you a muffin in a bit, and she's just like, I don't want to. I'm so scared. <laughs> like. I just don't. People don't say thank you enough anymore. Like, okay, yeah. Like, sure I can. only stomped on three people's necks this week. Like, the least you could do is say thanks, man. 
Like, that was some delicious schadenfreude. And I was like, mmm. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> but, um... I was like, did you see, like, fucking, um... I think it's, like, head police guy in, like, New York. Like, his, like, big old speech. No. Just because, like, someone did a bad thing in another other state doesn't mean that, like, my badge is tarnished. This this doesn't shine on it. The fucking New York Police Department. Like, they're some of the worst for fucking doppel searches and shit like that. They are awful. <laughs> oh, what, what, the same New York Police Department who, like, barely 30 years ago... Um, had to disband their last batch of cops for literally torturing people. Yeah. Well, that one. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Like, it's fucking wild. That's the other thing. We have to fucking fire all of them. Cause oh, yeah. I, they, I don't they've think picked you up can too many bad people. habits. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need to get rid of the whole thing. Um, I said, like, when I said I, I see police being adapted and used in a way which would be effective and that sort of thing, you know, I don't mean use the same people. You can't use the same people. No. Like, you need to start again, because, like, not even managers, not even, like, anyone. No trainers, nothing. Because they're awful. And they know they're awful. Like, uh, another thing is, like, all these reforms and stuff which you've had before, they don't fucking work. Like, the cops will talk about these fucking, like, little courses they have to do to, like, not be as racist and shit, and they laugh about it afterwards. They see it as a fucking yeah, joke. Yeah, like, I was reading about that here. There was a... There have been a few... It, it seems to be, like, a 20-year cycle. There was a, a big um, study in the in 1989, 1990 in the UK that found that there was a greater use of force towards minorities, mm. that um, basically it was, it was institutionally racist, and then we're going to do a bunch of reforms. And then... In 2000, they <laughs> did another study. Ah, it's it's really bad. It's institutionally racist. We keep having a bunch of mentally ill people die in custody. They're, everything's shit. Let's, let's do a bunch of reforms. We'll do it again. 2017, the Lamy Review. The criminal justice system is shit. <laughs> it's stacked against minorities. We need to We need to do another disciplinary overhaul system for police and like you know enhanced powers to suspend people like it's not actually fucking anything we've tried this for the last 40 fucking years already yeah like i said you need to start again because the problem is that they're learning these habits from each other you know and like that's not all a lot of the people who are in 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 management positions or you know chiefs or whatever the fuck they're called mm. have been there since the last time there was a review they yeah. didn't quit <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem. You, you, need to, you need to start afresh. I said, these reforms don't do anything. Like, Minneapolis, I believe, was held up as sort of like this, this place where they had loads of police reforms. And like, yeah, it's going to do great. They thought these reforms, reforms were working. No, they did do fucking shit. <laughs> like, well, it was also the same place where they had that absolute fucking nut job that does the warrior mindset training. Yeah, he does this for quite a few. Places. Well, she tours the whole country, but like yeah, they awful. were, they, they they were also given that training in Minneapolis. Yeah, they also have similar like stuff for um, the police. The they, uh, I mean, yeah, but like um, for the police, which they have in schools, um, like oh really? Yeah, so the police they have in schools, they they have. Um, because those guys have like I think like a the conference they have like a yeah they have like a conference thing with loads of other 
like those types of policemen who are working in schools. I, I remember seeing like a, like a news story or something where someone went to one. Because like at these conventions they have loads of people trying to like sell like security equipment and stuff to schools and like guns and shit. And like this Jesus. one speaker who was like, you always have to be in like full tactical gear. You have to have like bulletproof vests and stuff because you're the only person who can not fucking stop that and you need to uh, do the warrior training thing. But for it's people thin in school. blue line between us and a bunch of 11 year olds. <laughs> Yeah, but like police involvement in school things like really fucked up. Unsurprisingly, yeah, that's um, <laughs> it's because the whole thing apparently the whole having policemen in school thing wasn't like a response to shootings. It was basically like a tr- a way to get legitimacy for police forces. Um, I believe in like the sixties, because I think in the like earlier they had like done a load of shit, which made people not like them. Um, All oh, right, I can't remember what specifically, but yeah. So like the probably whole... that whole torture thing. <sighs> probably. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah, so like they were, they were introduced into schools as basically just to make kids like them. Um, oh, I see. And have like a better sort of view towards the police, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, so now they're basically like told to be, you know, walking around like the fucking Punisher. Also, fire instantly any policeman who has like a Punisher logo or anything they own. Oh, sweet Jesus. Definitely to do that. Yeah, like the, Pun- the Punisher, whose story is about vigilante justice. Yeah, which literally means the opposite of what police do. Additionally, he killed policemen. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, but like there was like a particular thing which I thought was I don't want to say amazing, but it was like just mind blowing, like how fucking dumb and sh- like the shit had got. Um, so in 2003, in Goose Creek High School, um, administrators at the school had worked with SWAT, okay, and police and stuff, to raid the school to look for drugs, okay? What? And, like, all the police were armed with guns drawn, okay, and basically just went around the school ordering mostly black students onto the ground, okay? And they'd, like, search them and search for the lockers and shit and stuff like that. Like, they basically just burst into the school without any warning. And they're, like, fucking, like, anti-mine vehicles and shit outside or some crap like that. Of course. Cause what, of course you need, like, fucking counterinsurgency stuff for a police force, yeah. What do they think children do? You know what's the best part? No drugs were found. Oh, my God. So they fucking traumatised, like, a load of students. Just so... Yeah, no shit. Like, they could fucking think that they were, like... Getting drugs out of the school system is terrifying. Imagine if that fucking happened to the school in the UK. Just like the British army just burst in through the fucking window. He's <laughs> like, where's the mess? Like, madness. But that's apparently just something you could do in, in the US. That's literally one of the torture methods that they use in, in prisons. Mm. Especially if it's like for interrogations, right? Is to uh, keep you on edge at all times, uh, where they might like raid your bunk or you know take you out of your cell and strip you or whatever. Mm. The the U.S. police force treats the civilian population in in America as if they were the wardens of a giant prison. Yeah, pretty much. That's where you get all that fucking thin blue line shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Like, they literally think as soon as they'd go away, the entire place would just turn into, like, full barbarity. I mean, the fact that policemen call civilians civilians, like, it... Yeah, that's fucked up, yeah. 
Like, when you think about it, like, it's weird that they have, like, that sort of otherness view towards them. Mm. Like, I don't think of them as, like, really even being part of that group. That's fucked up. <laughs> like, like, how can you, like, have a community policing when you're just, like, you don't even fucking view yourself as being part of that community, really? Well, because a lot of them aren't. Um, When I was looking at more of the high-profile departments that had gotten into the news recently... It showed that like uh, the vast majority of people in those departments were outside, of, lived outside of the city. Mm. Yeah, because they so don't they, actually want to be part of the, the communities they police. I heard no, because they all live in the nice white suburbs. So yeah, you're not exactly going to understand the um, plight of the local populace if you're grilling your fiftieth fucking steak. <laughs> I do like that's one of the things that really struck me when I was watching these videos of the um, the sort of stuff you were talking about, those like training conferences. Mm. There was like filming the whoever's giving the talk. Yeah. And of course, you can see all of the heads of the audience. And they are without a doubt all sausage necked people. (sighs) I love a good hot dog roll. (laughs) Yeah, a hot dog neck. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, that specific thing where you're like. The fucking valve logo. You're so fat that your neck has a fat roll on it. Yeah, it's hot. But it's it's not like a it's not like you're really large. It's like a very specific kind of like defensive chunk. Yeah, yeah. It's like a sort of firm fat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it collects on the neck, but it just seems to be something that's trained into you. Yeah, that's that's the only way you can actually get a job in police force. You need to have like a, a cheeky little little hot dog neck. Maybe it's for like security purposes. You know, there's a. Better protection for your spine in case you in case of attack, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is like a doctor in the back of like the the police department, just there, just like injecting fat into people's necks. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 defend you, boy. Is it is it the um the sort of psychopaths that enjoy lording power over other people, the ones that apply to be cops? Or yes. does the environment? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. I think a certain amount of it is that the environment creates that mentality in you. I think a lot of people who apply for a job probably like the power thing, and I think the people who go to it for other reasons eventually get corrupted into it. Yes. By the others. The thing is, like a lot of a lot of these t- city police uh, departments. They're kind of the only job that's that's got pretty good work protections and a pretty decent wage. Mm. And your your barrier for entry is like a, a high school diploma. Like you don't really need to have any specific qualifications. You just need to be able to pass the academy. Yeah, but if you like the, the whole police, like how it works and it's sort of like a weird fraternal way, like it doesn't allow people really who don't jive with it to really stay there very long. Hmm. Like, um, I think it was like a, a case of this, I can't remember his name, but he was like a policeman, um, who I think was, he like filed a complaint about someone else, I can't remember what they did, but he actually got fired for filing the complaint, and he then went on to murder a load of policemen, <laughs> um, Jesus. and like a sheriff's daughter or something, um, oh, it was pretty fucked up, but, um, yeah, like I don't think that was like the the right response. <laughs> I'm like, go 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 out and live on that one. I, I don't know the whole story, but like, you know, like you see like a lot of 
See that? That is what the Punisher would do. There's a guy in, like, fucking Russia who was, like, a ex-policeman who complained about the police there and he had to fucking move to Russia because I think they, like, basically tried to make, like, a load of, like, fake charges against him or something. Was... Well, that's the thing. If you're if you're the um, law enforcement, you know exactly how it works. You can find all kinds of trumped up charges or or plant evidence, and you can silence a detractor very easily. Yeah, I mean, with a like a post on Medium, which doesn't really give it any legitimacy because then you can run can write any shit on there. Um, but there's a guy who uh, was allegedly like an ex cop talking about all the shit that cops do, and he was like, mm. you know. We would have competitions for, like, who could get someone on, like, the fucking most obscure charge or something. Jesus. Um, they're having competitions for that. Like, people would regularly, like, plant drugs on people and stuff. People would just give people tickets just to see if they could. Like, quite a few of them used to, like, basically, like, threaten people into, like, giving them sexual favours to avoid getting a ticket. Uh, they also used to steal stuff from houses, like crime scenes and stuff. And you know what? I 100% believe that. You don't need to steal. You can just accuse the money of being illegal under the civil forfeiture laws. Yeah, that could be drug money. Delicious <laughs> yeah. drug money. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's fucked. I think we just write off America. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, like, I think with the British system, I think we probably have a lot of the same problems. It's just they're not, like, the racism in the UK is a lot more subtle. And the stats bear, don't really bear that out. So if you look at statistics for how disproportionately they arrest black people, and it is, it is largely black people, not other minorities, mm-hmm. they are comparable. They're pretty much the same. Yeah, that's what I mean. I America think we share the same US. problem. Yeah, so, like, I think the only difference we don't is kill that people. we don't... As yeah, much. we don't give them murder weapons. Yeah. If we did, there would be just as many dead black people in the UK. Yeah, I'm certain, yeah. Although, like, a lot of what we've t- spoken about is quite America-centric. This is more just because there's more information about it. Um, mm. So don't take us to think that, like, any police force is good. Pretty much, like, you need to remember, like, pretty much all of the modern police forces were modelled on the British model. They all have the same inherent problems, realistically. Don't feel like we're picking you out, US peoples who are not listening <laughs> to this. But big, big, big country, big problem. You know, unfortunately, like a lot of problems in the world do seem to be like, oh, England did it. Fuckers. <laughs> um, what? But, yeah. I feel like we can probably wrap up. I think. Yes, do that, Dave. Go. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Alex Vitali's book. The End of Policing. Uh, that's where a lot of the information for this episode came from. It used to be free on Verso Books, but now I think it you have to pay for the ebook now. Um, but if you're interested in in the subject, I would recommend you pick it up because um, it is really well researched from what I've read from it. Um, you know, like it, it has a lot of sources linked everywhere, um, and it you. The only problem is you can go down this massive rabbit hole of looking through all these sources and then just going, oh, God, no, stop it, stop it. I already know, no, it gets even worse. Oh, no, oh, no. Uh, yeah, um, so... Yeah, it hurts to read, but do it anyway. Yeah, so if you, if you, don't, if you don't want to be, like, massively depressed 
maybe don't read it but if you are interested <laughs> it is it is a, a well done book um so i do highly recommend it plus verso books but yep yeah. uh thank you for listening there is a lot of stuff we weren't able to cover um so i think inevitably we're going to probably do another episode regarding policing at some point because frankly like this is literally just scraping the surface um but it's the surface of a box which is entirely made out of people stitched together faces. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an awful subject, but it needs to be spoken about. Um, so thank you for listening. Bye.